And we welcome you back to Recovery Coast to Coast, the only program in America on the air five nights a week, two hours a night, talking about addiction with a focus on recovery. That is our focus tonight for sure. We are down here in Denton, Texas at UNT. They've made us feel very, very welcome. The North Texas Recovery Conference, third annual one. The banquet was sold out. They capped off the registrations. This thing is just catching wildfire. Uh, joining us in the segment, uh, uh, holding over from the last segment, is Andrew Berkey. He is the CEO of Life Purpose Treatment. He was one of the speakers at the banquet and one of the guys that I really, really targeted to do an extensive interview with. You are a philanthropist. You have given a substantial amount of money to young people in recovery. I don't want to talk about the amount because it's, it's really the intent that you did this. Why? Well, okay. So first of all, I'm a I'm a macro level social worker, so mm-hmm. I believe in bringing about systemic change. Philanthropy, specifically philanthropy to you know recovery advocacy organizations, schools. Mm-hmm. We've also you know and donated. supporting the disease from which you're recovering. Absolutely, a hundred percent. Because I mean that 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 part's that part's crazy when you think about like how much money is raised for like. You know, ALS, diabetes, heart disease, cancer, all of which are incredibly worthy causes. And I'm not saying that we should take away from them. Totally. I I, I actually financially support several of them myself. Right, right. um, You know, in in various, like, smaller capacities, obviously, because this is the one I'm really passionate about. But the fact that we don't do that for recovery is ridiculous. When you're talking about something that's killing people, like, you know, every, like, in a matter of minutes, Right during the course of this interview, multiple people have died that's right, that's right. in this country, and it's a completely bipartisan issue because, from a fiscally conservative standpoint, we're talking about in the last 12 months, 600 billion dollars of economic impact. We're talking about the amount of money that this country loses as a result of not appropriately addressing substance use disorders and mental health concerns in this country exceeds the gross domestic product of probably 90% of the countries in the world. I mean, that is just insane that we don't get behind it. As far as, like, me being a philanthropist, I'm actually, you know, it's, it's kind of funny because I'm as the CEO of Life of Purpose, I get credit for a lot of stuff that, yeah. like, there's a whole group of us doing. Right, sure, sure. Yeah, you know, there's really, like, people are like, oh, my God, you're so uh, productive. I'm like, yeah, because there's, like, 50 of me. <laughs> so, 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 you know, I, I appreciate uh, the compliment. But, I mean, there's a lot of people that put a lot of work yeah. into getting those numbers but up as big setting, as they were. You're setting an example, again, uh, supporting the disease from which you're recovering. I've been harping on that for 20, 30, 40 years. People in, in AA and 12-step programs will say, well, I put $2 in the basket. When right. That's not the same no, thing, we damn need, it. We need tens of millions, Absolutely. hundreds of millions Absolutely. of dollars. But There's no problem yeah. of this scale that would not get yeah. would not get funded. Right. right. I mean, you look at Ebola, okay, <laughs> and like what we did to address Ebola, which, yeah. I mean, is a horrible disease and incredibly tragic for the people that were affected by it. Ebola in the history of the disease has killed less people than we lost to substance use disorder since we've been talking yeah. on the radio. Yeah. I mean, the, like that's unbelievable yeah, yeah, that yeah, you know we yeah. we just won't address it. You know, I really feel like we're we're, we're coming to a threshold. We're right. coming there like this is the time. Yes, you know, yes. the these conversations yes. were not happening, and I'm I. I'm so grateful to yeah. like the Jedi Council of old timers that's been keeping <laughs> this flame alive for that 30 yeah, and 40 yeah, years. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. you're like, you know, yeah. doing stuff with astronauts before I was born. <laughs> so I mean, I am incredibly appreciative of everything you've done and really setting the, the yeah. landscape so that 
young people like myself could come in and recover yeah. in yeah. and grow in and yeah. thrive in and be successful. But if we're talking about this, if we're talking about this candidly, like now is the time. Now is when it, we really, yeah. really have to step up because we've never had an opportunity. You know, UNT, the president of this university, I know. the fact awesome. that he's like so bold and so innovative <sighs> and it's part of his strategic plan. And he's like, you know what? We're going to get this institution behind students in recovery yeah. Yeah. and we're going to get this institution behind <laughs> research on recovery right that is it's oh, unprecedented yeah, i mean it this model yeah. this model that they have at unt like we need to replicate this yeah. everywhere yeah. because this is a really really significant point the way that like most of these recovery support services on campuses the only way anyone could ever force them through mm. is when you just have unbelievably influential people um, like Kitty Harris at Texas Tech yep, yep. or like, uh, you know, Patrice up at Augsburg, people like that that could just be like, all right, yeah, no problem. We'll raise like $10 million, <laughs> right? But this, what they did at UNT, this sort of like grassroots from the student population, having a culture shift where even students that are not in recovery are like, you know what, like I'll step up as a recovery ally, I'll step up as a recovery advocate because of the fact that it's the right thing to do. And they got on board, and then the faculty got on board, and then the department chairs, and then the deans got on board, and then the vice presidents got on board, and now you have the president of a university with 40,000 students at it coming yeah. and like talking about the collegiate recovery program yeah. and how important this is at this conference. Blew me away. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Blew like beyond away. humbling. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, they're lucky here too. They've got Robert Ashford who yeah. is like yeah. ridiculous. I yeah. mean, this stuff, yeah. that kid is so yeah. just bold and one brazen. Of the, one of the true emerging <laughs> leaders in this field. Oh, I am yeah. so pleased to know for him. Sure. Well, yeah. and YPR snapped him up yep. now. Yep. He's, Absolutely. Yeah, he's the program director for Absolutely. YPR. Absolutely. This is a phenomenal hire on their part. Andrew Berkey joining us from Life Purpose Treatment. Tell me about Life Purpose Treatment. How did you get involved with that treatment center? How did you go from being a guy who went through treatment centers from uh, all around the world, basically, to running a treatment center? So we, I actually set it up myself. I'm, so I'm the CEO and right. um, the owner. And basically what I did was the entire program is built on my massive resentment <laughs> from <laughs> getting blocked from school. That's a reasonable <laughs> resentment, Absolutely. by the way. That's what they say, though. You know, they're like, pray about <laughs> it and, like, go and talk to the board of trustees and set up the first treatment center oh, on a university man. campus in America, right? And so, no, I mean, this is like, when I f finally went through and was successfully, you know, completed treatment this time, the treatment was phenomenal. The problem was in the aftercare planning and the discharge planning. I mean, my parents were told, do not let this kid go to school until he has five years in recovery, oh. which is crazy. I mean, it's literally why I have oh. a master's degree instead of a doctorate right now. God. Like five years, like that's a doctorate, right? So, you know, so I did that, right? Because they're terrified. They're willing to take any recommendation. They've got this like out of control, like rabid child on their hands that they're like ready to put down or do something with, you know? <laughs> and, and so they're like, okay. You're a funny guy. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. But yeah, no, you know, and so so I went through, and when I was finally able to go back to school, I went to school. I mean, I put my head down. I got on campus. I left. I went to my meetings. My support group was entirely off campus. But, you know, if you don't have to get high over the summers, you can get a lot of credits really quickly. So I went from, like, zero credits to a bachelor's degree in two and a half years. You know, I was actually working full time at the beginning of that, but I, I slowly phased out of that and, you know, and really just went, like, over full time to school. And then, uh, you know, I worked my whole way through grad school, and then I went, I went to the Master's of Social Work program, and they're really supportive. And I told them, I was like, listen, like, we have to create better access to education. We have to create a bridge between the treatment world and the collegiate recovery world. Yeah. And there were enough faculty 
You know, I mean, if you had some of your listeners that are students, right? Like, you guys have no idea how much, let me just really talk into the mic here. You have no idea how much power you have on campus. Yeah. Those professors, those people that, like, you're so interesting because you're, like, the guy or the girl that always has their hand up and is doing the assignments and is fired up about it, and is giving the crazy presentations that are, like, 10 times longer than they should be. And they're, like, shooing you off the stage, which still happens to me. I just totally went over my time on this keynote speaking here. You know, I'm sure we're out of time. No, yeah. I had to go ahead. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, no, you have so much power. And if you go and get those professors and you're like, listen, I'm in recovery. This is important to me. Will you support me? Like, set up a meeting with the provost. Set up a meeting with an AVP. Set up a meeting with a VP. Set up a meeting with the president of the university. I went to, you know, I went to the board of trustees. And they, they you know, they gave me a 20-year lease on a campus at the epicenter of the Silicon Valley of substance use disorder treatment. And like, I mean, we've been up for just a little under two and a half years. We've had like 250 enrollments, right? I mean, we're just pumping kids into, and they're amazing, you know? And then I'm leveraging the whole thing as this sort of systemic approach and this macro level social work intervention. And I've got all these alumni that are like graduating college. I'm hiring and we're about to open at University of North Texas, actually the head of our ASU projects out here right now. Wow. So that'll be hopefully up, uh, you know, like March, April of next year. We're opening at MTSU next summer. You know, so we've already got like a couple of them lined up. You know, a lot of the sort of like guys that because that, that's what's important, right? It's you got you got to have a passionate core of people you bet. at any one of these things. And they're guys out of the system. They're out of, they're guys out of the system. This idea that people have to wait till they have the amount of time that I have, or God forbid, the amount of time that you have. I mean, right? Like most of them will die of old age before they get there. Uh, you know, they'll like it's crazy, yeah. right? If you talk, you're talking about like the first hundred that we virtually canonize. If you're talking about yeah. you know 12 steps from a historical context, right, 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 keep right. in line with the tradition. Right. You know, you this first hundred, most of those people had like six to 18 months yeah. when the big book was published. Right, the maximum amount of time you could have if you were Bill Wilson was four years. Right, you don't need ten years to do anything. You don't need. I mean, it changed the world with like six months. Yeah, yeah. You know, and you can do it. Do it. In yeah. fact, yeah. call me up. <laughs> I'll tell you how to do it. Life of Purpose is the treatment program website. Is lifeofpurposetreatment.com. Tell me about the challenges that you see going forward. I think that like. All of the momentum has shifted. So the challenge is, yeah. is it's really, it's just a war of attrition at this yeah. point. We're on the side of like what's good and what's right. It makes sense to support people in recovery from a financial standpoint, from a moral standpoint, from an ethical standpoint, from a spiritual standpoint. There is no justification for not supporting recovery right. in this country at every level. You know, I'm primarily focused on the young adult population. Mm -hmm. I mean, people, if you give people the ability to thrive, they do. I'm putting people in college while they're in inpatient treatment, right? Ooh. I'm literally, like, pulling them out of group, driving them to a class, <laughs> driving them back, and they go back into group, right? And they're outperforming the GPA of the institution as a whole. On every campus that we have people on, they're outperforming the GPA. And these kids, I mean, it's so humbling to watch. It's so humbling to watch these kids that are like, they're doing this younger than I did. They're doing it faster yeah, than yeah, I did. Yeah. They're doing it better than I did. And you know, yeah. like these people oh, you're running around man. and talking with, we're going to end up yeah. with like a person openly in recovery as a senator. Yeah. You know, <laughs> as like, I mean, I'm not going to say the president yet, but right, right. I mean, we'll get there. Right. We will get there eventually because we're worth saving. 
right? And it is long past time yep. that this society stops turning a blind eye, you know, people burying their children, because that's yeah. really what's yeah. going on. Yeah. That's what's that's going right. on out there. That's right. Andrew Berkey is joining us tonight. It's a shame he doesn't have any passion for this, but uh, <laughs> he's working on it, uh, you know, a, a day at a time. Lifeofpurposetreatment.com is, is the name of the website. How many campuses are you involved with now? So we just, we, you know, we started at FAU. We right. ramped it up. We're, we've really built up the program there. We've opened Life in Progress, which is like a, um, luxury transitional housing right next to campus and stuff. We're about to open at UNT. And then we have two other campuses lined up after UNT and then one after that. But, uh, but let, me, let me just talk about UNT for a second. Yeah. UNT is the one that we're excited God, about. UNT, what they've got gold going standard. on here, this model yeah. of collegiate recovery, program post-treatment, right? I'm talking about providing four years of support services that's covered through philanthropic donations <sighs> and institutional support that does not cost the family money, yeah. right? Like that's, because the kid has to come to school to get a degree anyway. It's like, oh, were you born in 1997 and you're legally an adult? Like, <laughs> you better go to college. You can either be incredibly hardworking and entrepreneurial and not have a substance use disorder, <laughs> yeah. or you can go to college, right? I mean, maybe like under 1% of people will be successful without it. But these kids, these 18-year-olds that are coming up now, yeah. they're going to have to get a degree because it's the new high school diploma. So if they already have to be on these campuses. If we can provide support, and instead of people just cycling in and out yeah. of treatment centers, in and out, the revolving door, mm -hmm. right? Like, you come in, they nuke your insurance, you leave, you go get a job, you know, at Burger King, right? Like, the, I guess it's on the radio. Hopefully I don't get in trouble with Burger King. Not specifically <laughs> right, there, but right. anywhere. You go and get these like these jobs, and it's not like you're not working it as a college job. It's like that's your career. Yeah. Like you're going to be there at 25. You're going to be there at 30. Mm. At 35, maybe you'll be the assistant manager because you're so good. You know, at, like having that sort of system, like setting people up to fail. And the thing is, we know, okay, we know for a fact that all the research supports meaning and purpose in life, hence the name level of education, self-esteem, they're massive insulating factors that prevent relapse, right? It dramatically reduces the relapse rate if you actually set people up for success. So the only reason that's not happening on a larger scale is because there is a vested economic interest in keeping us cycling in and out of treatment centers because we're like cows to some of these people. You know, there's amazing treatment providers out there, including your sponsor mm -hmm. um, of right. this show. You know, there's a bunch of great, great facilities out there that are doing good work and really trying to help people get better. But if we're talking about like at the largest scale systemically, yeah. the industry as a whole, yeah. like they want people, they want us to continue relapsing. They want to of warehouse course. us and milk us for urine like we're cows. Yep. That's what they do. Absolutely. Let's get back to Andrew Berkey for, for a moment. As an individual, what's your relationship today with your parents and what do they think about the new Andrew? <laughs> they, well, so my parents are, actually, are obviously like quite pleased uh, you think? with, with <laughs> uh, you know, how this has uh, turned out for them. But, uh, you know, it's an, interesting, uh, it's an interesting shift. They used to pay money to fly me away from them. I now pay money to fly and go visit them. Where do you live? My parents live, so I live down in Boca, ah. um, in, down in South Florida, but my parents live in Switzerland. Um, oh. So, yeah, so my mom's from Switzerland with dual citizenship, and she, uh, you know, came over. We, we were raised in the U.S., and then the deal was when the youngest kid went to college, they were going to move back. 
What about the role of families in collegiate recovery? So I think the families in collegiate recovery are one of the most important things, right? Because like any family that's really been through this, you know, the ringer on like trying to like literally interrupt the death of their child by sending them to treatment, like they're happy to get behind an academic institution that's financially supporting their kid through like these philanthropic gifts and creating staff positions and things of those lines to create infrastructure to support the kid. So, I mean, these like families and alumni and parents of alumni, they're the people we really should be talking yeah, to that's right. about stepping up. Because some of these guys, you know, I mean, some of these guys, like, you, you, you see your kid graduate and you're in the right position to do so. I mean, that's a building on campus for collegiate recovery. <laughs> that's right. You know, I mean, there's there's some really, really, really powerful people with children that have substance use disorders that are donating hundreds of millions of dollars yeah. to, you know, whatever, engineering programs, which is great. I mean, we need <laughs> right. clearly need bridges sure, and roads sure. and things but. of that nature. But if we just create an infrastructure to support them, philanthropically supporting us, like, they'll do it, and yeah. they want to do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. We are down here at the third annual North Texas Recovery Conference. The, the banquet the other night, the celebrity Mark Lundholm put on a great show. But for my money, the rock star of this entire conference is Andrew Berge. Ah, appreciate the compliment. Uh, I, I, your energy, your passion, your drive, and, and your ability to, to influence others. You have got to clone yourself <laughs> with, with, with so many others around the country. And you're doing that. Well... I would actually say that some of these kids that are coming up now, that yeah. are getting educated now, that are going to school before they had five years, that are said the Robert Ashfords of the world, yeah. Yeah. right? I mean, like, I'm a bootleg version of that, <laughs> right? Because right? I would, I mean, the stuff that you see, like him, Tim uh, Rabel, oh, yeah. out at GW, yep. who presumably you've talked to at yep. some point, he's amazing. You know, Justin Luke Riley, Sarah Nerad yeah. up at Ohio State, just yeah. landed like a $2 yeah. million dollar grant from the yeah. Conrad Hilton Foundation to set up the higher ed center on yeah. alcohol yeah. Um, and other drugs, right? I mean, these people, like these guys that are coming up now, they're, I mean, they are so just unbelievably surpassing the stuff that like, you know, people like myself did because they have better supportive infrastructure in place, right? When you look at like them at two years and what they're doing and them at three years and what they're doing, I mean, they're changing the world. I was unbelievably good at Halo 2. At three, so unbelievably good. Top 500 in the world. Amazing. That's basically what I did. It was like five hours as a Spartan, yeah, eight yeah. hours at my job, a yeah. meeting, a little bit of time with whomever my girlfriend was at the time, yeah. and sleep, and like a lot of energy drinks. Yeah. Right? That's what I was doing at three years sober. These kids are crushing it. Yeah. They're amazing. Yeah. Like, we're privileged to right, be around right, them. Right, right. Without Roman candles. <laughs> Without Roman candles. <laughs> Andrew Berkey, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for your energy. Thank you for your love and for your passion. And uh, just keep, keep doing it. Keep Keep doing what you're doing because there is a paradigm shift. It's not happening in the future. It's happening right now. It's happening now. Thanks, brother. I really appreciate you. your time. You. Neil Scott, program is Recovery Coast to Coast. Short time out, back with more from the third annual North Texas Recovery Conference.